Welcome to the By the Hood podcast. Before we jump into this episode, just wanted to make you aware that on our website, bythehood.com, we have a free webinar on an intro to the stock market. So please go check it out. Just go to bythehood.com and you'll get the free intro to the stock market webinar. Take it easy and enjoy this episode. I don't care what any of your IG business gurus say, right? Yo, stop borrowing when you have no business. You have to have a business to service the debt. Some of you guys are getting $200,000, $300,000 of business credit and you have no business. You're not making any income. You have no customers. You have no clients. Your entire business is predicated on just getting business credit. And that's trash. What's up, people? Welcome to this episode of the By the Hood podcast and webcast because I don't know how you're consuming this content. I'm your host as always. My name is Jimmy. And as usual, we start off every show with gratitude. Just want to say thank you to anyone and everyone who supports what we got going on. My partner, Crown Corey, is with me. Corey, what's up, good brother? It's really good, man. How, every day's a good day, so let's go get it. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And, you know, this is our Wednesday podcast, our, our main podcast. And, like, you know, as you guys know, if you've been listening, and a lot of you have, come back and start listening, and I want to say thank you. Um, special shout out to anybody who's in Body Hood University, all the members of um, our MDC Strategy Private Group, all the youth from the Body Hood Ownership Camp. Just want to send a shout out to everybody. Um, but special shout out to everybody who's come back and has been listening to the podcast and all the feedback we got on a new format. We got a lot of great feedback on that, and that's appreciated. So um, this episode, though, is going to be a very interesting episode, right? Because we're going to talk about household, um, household debt and credit card debt, right? Um, interesting topic, but it's interesting times that we're living in. I mean, there's all kinds of topics to talk about in the world of finance, but I think this is a very important topic for a lot of reasons. Um, so, you know, let's let's get right into it, man. Um, let me read this article. As a matter of fact, let me share this article um, or this study from uh, the Federal Reserve Bank of New York. So for those who are listening on the audio podcast, I'll read out what it says. For those watching, it, it'll be on the screen. But it's from the Federal Reserve Bank of New York um, Center for Microeconomic Data, right? And it's from quarter four, which is quarter four, last quarter of 2022. It said household debt rises to $16.9 trillion. Credit cards passed pre-pandemic high. So the total household debt rose by $394 billion or 2.4% to $16.9 trillion in the fourth quarter of 2022. According to the latest quarterly report on household debt and credit, credit card balances increased by $61 billion to reach $986 billion, surpassing the pre-pandemic high of $927 billion. Mortgage balances rose to $11.92 trillion. Auto loan balances, $1.55 trillion. Student loan balances, $1.6 trillion. The share of current debt transitioning into delinquency increased for nearly all debt types. Now, what's interesting about this is I saw um, a couple, uh, you know, posts on social media that say that um, the credit card debt has actually crossed one trillion as of, um, you know, March, which would be the first quarter of 2023. I didn't see that on any official report from the Federal Reserve Bank, any of the Federal Reserve Banks, but that wouldn't be shocking to me nonetheless. Um Corey, anything shocking about just a pure amount of debt that American households are carrying at this time? No, you know, 
according to my IG feed, you can get $50,000 just for showing up at a bank. So, yeah, see, so this, <laughs> this is why I want <laughs> to have this conversation, right? It's for a lot of reasons, right? So, um, matter of fact, matter of fact, let me say this real quick, right? I don't care what any of your IG business gurus say, right? Yo, stop borrowing when you have no business. You have to have a business to service the debt. Some of you guys are getting $200,000, $300,000 of business credit, and you have no business. You're not making any income. You have no customers. You have no clients. Your entire business is predicated on just getting business credit, and that's trash. All right. Now that I got that out the way, Core, I want to say this, right? <laughs> <laughs> now that I got that out of the way, let me say this, right? Um, that's one of the reasons this is an important conversation because it is not to, to say that we don't understand the difference between consumer debt and leverage because you can make the argument those are two different things, right? I totally understand that. Um, another thing I see online, and every time I put up a post clowning uh, people, not necessarily clowning, but it's joking about credit card debt, the first thing I see is, and this is no shot at anybody because it happens every time, I pay my balances in full every month, Right. So somebody's lying because according to the data, that's not happening, right? That's oh, not oh. happening. But people are telling me that they pay their balances off every month. Everybody's telling me that's what they do. Data shows otherwise. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, listen, man, 90% of the country ain't paying their bills in full. Like, let's just keep it a let's keep it a thaw while. And that is not is not going to get better because. Everything like everything costs more. So yeah. you telling me everything costs more, but everybody is in a better financial situation. Like that don't even like think about how that sounds. It just sounds stupid. You yeah. know what I mean? Like it just sounds dumb. Now so, CNBC, CNBC put out an article, right? It said credit card debt is at an all-time high, putting households near a breaking point, right? And what they say that it's a study that was done from Wallet Hub. It says that there is a, there's a certain breaking point where people just won't be able to pay their bills. And we're getting close to that. It's based on inflation, the fact that things are costing more and people are going to their credit cards. I mean, not nobody on my timeline because y'all all pay your cards off every month. But everybody else is, um, you know, so delinquencies are something that everybody is watching because uh, we're getting I'm close not, to a breaking point. I'm not going to call nobody for Gazy because that's not what I do. Mm -hmm. But I would let the numbers show. The number shows that. 90% of American households are not paying their credit card debt on time. So if you're in that 10%, I'm not talking to you. For those people that's in that 90%, which is 90% of Americans, stop using debt to buy things that are not assets, right? And I'm not telling you this because, you know, um, I'm trying to be your, your guru or your... But my thing is this, man, like, Compound interest work both ways. Compound Man. interest work both ways. Either you either you making it or you paying it. Mm -hmm. And at the point where you got that kind of credit card debt, you paying it. Um. When you when you when you look at our system and how it's predicated and how it's built, um, the reason why so many people are burnt out and tired and and can't do what they need to do is because of compound interest and debt either through student loans or credit cards. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like people were, you know, people can live out here, but you know, with the cost of things going up, people are trying to maintain a lifestyle um, to go with, you know, with the, with the rising cost of things. And I'm not, 
this is not me pooping on those people. It's me telling them, you know, maybe you might not be able to maintain that lifestyle. You know what I mean? So, like, yeah. So we, we want to make sure that, and, and I'm joking when I say what I say, but I'm also telling the truth. Right. But it's never to judge anyone or demean anyone. Cause that's not what we do. We don't do that. But at the end of the day, it is to make people aware of, of um, some of the decisions that people are making in terms of credit. And a lot of times it's because you've been hoodwinked and led astray. Um, boozled. <laughs> because, you know, people make it seem as though you can just go out there and borrow money and you don't have to pay, pay it back. That's the craziest part about this is like people act like you don't have to pay it back. And even as it pertains to real estate. Right. So everyone knows that, you know, I'm a real estate guy. Um, it always doesn't make sense to borrow. Um, I was having a great conversation with our brother, Akil Parker, the other day. And he was asking me about like, so he was asking me certain real estate questions. And he was sending me like certain videos of people saying, you know, different things about the, the um, their deals. And I'm like, well, all of this is math. At the end of the day, it's all math, right? It's math in terms of being able to figure out what the uh, the rents are. It's math in terms of being able to figure out what your expenses are, um, depending upon whether they're fixed or variable you know, your, your rate of return, all of these things are just mathematical formulas. And a lot of times that part isn't talked about. Like, you know, we get sensationalized when you go on social media, yeah. you just go borrow from this bank and then you go do this. But the things they're saying, you just do this is not that simple. Everything always comes back to math. Right. And I'm not saying this from a standpoint of someone that's perfect. I've messed up my credit in my life terribly. Um, and I've told this story several times about going to college and getting credit cards and ruining my credit. I had to bounce back from that. But the thing is, because I made those mistakes, when I bounce back now, I protect it because I understand the power of not having credit card debt and the power of having good credit and being able to pay cheaper for things. Right. Um, so I also want to be solutions based. So if someone is actually struggling with their credit card debt and no, I'm not getting ready to sell you a credit course, what I'm going to say is just a couple ideas um, in terms of how you may be able to handle that. Right. So one would be the snowball method where you get all your debt, right? You figure out what all your debt is. You line it up and you pay the lowest balance first. Um, some people don't like that method because they, they think they feel as though you should attack the one with the highest interest first. I prefer the snowball method from um, the standpoint of when you get rid of that smaller balance, it's something that it does to you mentally. That's how I got out of the debt that I was in was using the snowball method because it, it absolutely snowballs, right? Um, another thing, and it's something that I'm actually doing now. So, I'm actually carrying a credit card balance right now, but it's at zero percent. So I had a building that only owed, you know, a small, small amount of money, small five figures on it. And I get credit card offers all the time for zero percent. I literally rolled it into a credit card. So paid the building off. And now I'm, I'm finishing the, making the payments on zero percent. But you can use zero percent credit card offers if you have a certain level of good credit to um pay off the ones with higher balances. But the thing I'll say is this. Right. A lot of times when, you know, our day to day and we're having conversations and we're on social media and we're talking to people um, in the business, everyone always talks about using credit to leverage and, and, and to scale up and to scale up and to scale up. Um, and from experience, again, this is not judging anyone because I've made every mistake there is to make. If someone tells you that they have 50 million dollars in real estate, right, that sounds great. Ask them how much debt they have. Right. How much? Because if, if you got fifty million dollars in real estate, right, but you got you know um, forty nine point nine million dollars in debt, that's you only got you got hundred thousand dollars in real estate because you only got a hundred thousand dollars in real estate. So when people start to talk about their doors and, and the, the value of their real estate, ask them how much debt they got, right? 
because you know I mean? if that debt if that debt is being one hundred percent service, that means you know. I mean, maybe maybe if that debt is being one hundred percent service, even still, right? If your debt is being one hundred percent service, it only take but a couple of things for your entire uh your entire castle. Oh, to listen, come they live. Listen, they live in dangerously, but I'm not going. You know, you know better than I do, because you know my real estate journey looked way different than yours. But like when you got a lot of debt to service, um, it's like companies with a lot of debt to service. When you exactly. got a lot of debt to service. If the if anything shifting if the wind blow the wrong way you in trouble, um, you got to be very 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 careful with how you servicing your debt. Um, yeah, man. You, and you, what you, ratio? You, like debt to income ratio is is a thing, and it's not just a thing when you're trying to get the loans. It's a thing once you already have them. Like how much does it cost you per you know per per door to service that debt? Yeah. Um, you gotta really be, you gotta really be careful out here um, about how you um, servicing your debt. You gotta it's, be, you gotta be super, super careful, right? Because uh, what I, what I don't want people to do is get discouraged, right? Don't be mm -hmm. discouraged. Be, be careful. Don't be discouraged. Be careful, right? Um, do what Jim said. You know, being solutions oriented. Make sure that you um, are servicing your debt, right? Like I'm getting credit card offers for the first time in my life, and it's because I'm around people that's you know that 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 helped me you know along my journey, and because I actually got a job for the first time in my life. <laughs> that's not the army. Uh, I got an actual nine to five job. So for for most people who know me, they know that I worked as a contractor um, in a lot of different businesses um, mm -hmm. and as a consultant. For like the last 15 years i actually worked i got a uh what's that a 1040 instead of a 1099 i'm actually getting a a 1040 this is my first year getting a 1040 and jesus god knows how long probably 15 years yeah that's probably why i'm getting the, the credit card offers um out the wazoo like mm -hmm. they're all over the place i can't i can't, like i'm getting like four a day and hey, listen, um, that's, that's that's the way it is. You know, I mean, they got they got to put money on the street too, right? So that, that, that's the well, other thing. Sure, but the thing is, you know, again, I have a you know, you you, for me personally, the reason why I struggle with credit is because I don't want it at all. Like mm -hmm. I, I I came up from a space where if if I can't afford it twice, then I can't afford it. But no, understood. But the the other thing about it is. I've realized that my ability to scale is being, um, is being, uh, I guess. Even outside of scaling, one of the good things about having good credit is you just literally pay less for everything. All every insurance you pay less for. Um, oh yeah, I mean because I'm again, not, right? My credit is not bad. It's just it's something that we I tell the kids and we teach the kids, right? Regardless of whether this system is right or wrong, we don't argue with it's the it's system. Right it's, it's the system that it's the that system exists. that we have, right? And when someone looks at your credit, what they're looking at is your trustworthiness. Not oh, yeah. saying that. Not saying that's accurate because every there's a lot of things that can happen in life, but that's what they're saying. They're looking at your trustworthiness. No, for sure. They're, they're looking at your money trustworthiness. Now, like I said, my credit isn't bad. It's just it's almost non-existent. Like I have mortgage credit. You know that all of those things that go on my credit. So my credit is pretty good. I just don't have a lot of credit card debt. I have a car note. I got mortgage payments. I got 
you know, stuff that I that I did with banks and stuff like that. Oh, I got I got that kind of stuff. Like I have very, very little credit card debt. And that's yeah, but that I mean you still you'll still have a credit card uh score credit score without credit my, card. Yeah, debt. My, my credit score is pretty decent. It's just that I don't have lots of credit card debt. I don't have the, but, the but, li- I don't have the liquidity. But here's the thing, right? So um I just think this is an interesting conversation because of all the stuff that you see online about just quick. Everybody's telling you to borrow, borrow, borrow. And there's not, not really a that. lot of not really got to be careful. And there's not a lot of context to that. So I wanted to have this conversation on the podcast. Um, and this there's a, there's a brother. I'm trying to think his name. It's a brother. His, I know his um, his, I read his book and that's how I came across him. He had a good book. Um, his name is like uh, Jareem, Jareem Pearson Lynn. Um, Brass Knuckle Finance is his brand. He's one of my favorite followers on social media because like everything that everybody says, he's kind of like on on the other side. And one of his like mottos or slogans is um, build wealth, not credit. Right. And I I think that's dope because most of the time people are talking about these businesses that have scale, but they're all predicated on OPM. Right. And again, I'm not against OPM, but it's context to it. It's context to it. You don't want to build up because I know I know. Some some multi multi billion dollar you know I mean multi multi million dollar um portfolios that pay out you know what I mean pretty decent you know what I mean um using OPM but they always scale it at a you know it's like literally debt to, like they scale it like they pay off a certain amount of the houses and they pay off you know things you Listen, know. I- I just want to say this. I was around for 08. I was around for 01. I've been I've been investing literally since the late 90s. And in 08, I know a lot of people that got hurt. I had people that were mentors of mine who came close to literally taking their lives because of houses of cars that they built. I personally got lucky. It wasn't that I was smart, got lucky um, and didn't really get hurt in that. But I know a lot of folks that did get hurt. So I've always kind of been conservative. Me and Corey talk about this all the time. Like I'm way more conservative and probably everybody in our team is like, I'm just way more conservative, but it comes from experience and understanding that there's nothing wrong with building things slow over time. Now, with that being said, one of the things that was told to me as a kid that I now recognize as BS that, um, you know, my family told me just living in the hood, not knowing any better is credit cards are for emergencies. All right. It's context to that too, right? <laughs> if it's a life or death situation and you have no other way of, um, and you need capital, I understand that. But I've seen people say credit cards are for emergencies and like, yo, I need a new pair of sneaks because I'm about to go such and such. It's an emergency. I don't have the cash yet. Y'all got to chill with that, right? Um, a lot of things, a lot of things, a lot of money habits that I was told. And matter of fact, we could make that our own show. Like some of the dumbest things we were told, right? Some of the cliches we were told in the hood. Credit cards are for emergencies. The number one one is you got to treat yourself. What does that actually mean? Right? Yourself to what? Which which version of yourself? See, this is what this is what I ask my. This is what I have to ask people when they say they got to treat yourself. What version of yourself? That's and, a, and that's... What version of you are you treating today's version of you, or are you treating the, the version of you five years from now that's going to pay for what you're doing right now? Man, and, and when I when I when I ask when I ask people that question, I'm treating today's version. Sweet. I mind my business as long as you know <laughs> that the, the you know the version of you five years from now was painful. Like what you do five years from you know what you're gonna be doing five years from now was based on the decisions you make today. Yeah. So when you're treating yourself, what version of yourself are you treating? 
And that's fine. If you don't care about the version of yourself five years, I may not live another five years. Cool. I live that life. I'm not I'm not judging you because I live that life five years from now. I might not live five years. And I li- I lived that life for a very, very, very long time until somebody asked me that question. Mm-hmm. And then that, that question changed everything about how I, I was like, you know, are you what are you planning for in your life? Like, what have you ever done to plan for you 10 years from now, five years from now, 15 years from now? Like, what have you done to take care of that person? Because as you get older, things get a lot harder. You know what I mean? Like you, you not the you're not going to be the version. You got to start taking care of the older version of you. Like right now. People, say, people say nobody's taking care of me in my old age. You didn't take care of you in your old age when you were younger. Mm-hmm. The person who should be taking the most care of you in your old age is the younger you. Hey, listen, man. Um, world-renowned poet uh, Sean Jacobs, better known as Sheik Luch, once said, "You got to plan for the future because you figure." You're going to be older way longer than you're going to be younger. (laughs) So I took those words to heart. I live my life off locks bars. I took those words to heart. So I understand that the decisions I make now, um, you know, I'm going to have to deal with in the future. Right. But that's just a couple of the lines that we were told um, that that, that's all. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's for emergencies. You got to treat yourself. Give me one more quote. What's something else that you heard that's BS? That that, um, you can't take it with you. How about that one? Oh, spend it all. Oh, you can't take oh, it with oh, you. Oh, oh, you can't take it with you. Right. That that's, is, that's selfish that's behavior a, to say that, though. That's the, that's the, um, you can't take it with you. And that, uh, that you should, you should always remain, uh, you, you should always keep your money, like, keep your money out. Like, you know, I, I grew up in an old Southern mm-hmm. Baptist family. Don't keep trust banks. Don't, you, don't trust money the bank. Yo, listen, when you met me, Jim, I did not have a personal banking account. I had I had business accounts, so I had I was not unbanked, but I did not have a personal because I didn't want a personal relationship with the banks. I had zero personal relationship with banks. I, banks are for business. I don't have a personal relationship with any bank. And now that I've realized that what I did to myself is pretty I did myself a lot of disservices with a lot of the things that I believe. Um, I still believe those things. I just believe it in a different. I understand the context better now that I've been in this finance space for over the last 10 years. All right. So here's the thing, right? Understanding like so I'm not really knocking our elders or anyone that taught us this because, you know, they teach you what they know. They don't have all the information. Now we have access to more information. We have firsthand experience, too. So that's the difference between hearing it from somebody who has who 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 um who 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 has theory and then somebody who has firsthand experience like those people who have firsthand experience of that so when they tell you that I, you kind of take it to heart a little different because you know I, I was taking this advice from my 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 elder elders 60 and 70 year old people when I in the in the, in the when I was a kid in the 1970s and 80s so you know, what I mean, I'm dating bro, myself. Bro, no, yeah, you make yourself sound real old because you was only but like two years old in the seventies. Like you wasn't. It wasn't like you was ten years old in the seventies. I mean, but yeah. you know, listening listening to my old heads, they was like, "Look, man, you know the system. The system is weird and rigged, and and you know, it was crazy." But here's my, the, here, was here's the thing, though, is not that not getting on them any conspiracy theory. It's not that that stuff's not true, but you have to learn to work within, right? Unless you're just going to go completely revolutionary and work outside of it, but then understand what comes with that, right? Oh, yeah. 
because what I find is people say they're completely outside of that, but they don't want to live with the consequences of being that way, right? Um, and also, when you study historically, right, and for those who aren't familiar with the Freedmen's Bank, do your Googles on the Freedmen's Bank. Um, I'm probably going to review the book about the Freedmen's Bank, and my book review is coming up shortly. But when you read about the Freedmen's Bank, you understand how that past trauma was passed down to generation after generation, not to trust the banking system, not to trust any system. Man, but it also Freedmen's Bank dirty. They but it also it also dirty. puts us behind. It kind of puts us behind too. So having that kind of understanding. But a lot of the information that we were told is just not true. But is what we were told, um, unfortunately. You know what I mean? That's a couple of them. I'm going to say that we could do a whole show on, it's almost like lies my teacher told me. It's going to be like lies the hood told me in reference to money. We're going to make that a whole show. Lies the yeah. hood told me. <laughs> right? We're kind of doing it now. Like, I know. I know. That's why I said I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop with that. Let's get back to, it's, it's before, we get out of here, before we get out of here, let's tie things up, man. I want people just to be careful with credit, right? And I understand that um, a lot of people are struggling right now. Um, you can't afford basic things, but I just want you to be careful with the credit and um, also just do your due diligence as you follow these these business credit gurus. Because um, some business credit, and I know some of them personally, and their entire business is getting business credit. You ask them how they service it, they service it by getting more business credit. They don't have a cash flowing business. And the last thing I want to say is it's okay with building something slow. Don't be in a rush. Run your own race. Don't be in a rush, but you want to make sure your foundation is stable because when you go through tough economic times, like where you're not necessarily facing now, but I think it's going to get a lot worse. You'll see those that aren't over leveraged are going to be living in completely different than those that are. And I also notice right now, right? Some of the quote unquote business credit and real estate gurus, they are already setting up. They're already setting up their next play. I see some of them that went to the church. I see some of them um, are, oh, are, are anti-credit. Like, there's a lot of things I see going on. I'm like, okay, I see what this is. Me and Malik were talking, and he was like, yo, he said, such and such is setting up to get out of the, the, the real estate game. I'm like, you know, this this is, this is, I've seen this happen already. I've seen this happen already. After 08, a lot of dudes that was like, you know, um, Selling dreams, got into the church. I see the church happening now. You're going to see a bunch of your favorite gurus become pastors. No, it is what it is, man. But my thing is just please be careful. Um, please look at the data. Don't fall for the okie doke. The data is out there, and data shows that people aren't paying off their credit cards. People are struggling with debt. I mean, that's just what it says. Corey, you got any last words about credit card debt and people man. protecting themselves, bro? Um, Just be careful. Like, just be careful. I'm not going, you know... It's people out here that aren't purposely trying to mislead you, but you're going to get yourself hurt um, following behind them because you don't have their experiences. Mm -hmm. um, you don't have the uh, wherewithal that they do. So you got to be super, super careful. Like they can show, they can walk you through the whole process step by step. And you still won't end up getting hurt um, because it's not that's not your bag. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. it's not it's not what you what you get into, and what you end up is with a with a with a snowball of revolving debt that you can't pay. And, um, and I do want to say this before we get out of here that anything we said on this show is not investment advice. We are not your financial advisors. So educational informational purposes only. Um, yeah, but if you do need help, and if you're struggling with something with credit card debt or whatever. And you just, you know, want to ask a question or you need somebody to talk to. Get at, get um, at 
Yo, yeah, because he, he know about credit. Get it, my oh, and, and it's not. It, I'm just, and the reason I say this, bro, is because I read a lot. No, you, and, you're, you're, you know, you're, you're way more conservative. No, but here, I, listen, actually, what I'm saying. In this, in, in, in here, in this, in this action, in this realm, I'm way more conservative than you are. But, no, but hear me out. Hear me out when it comes. What I'm trying to say, though, I'm talking about people that are really out here struggling. Like, reach out if you need someone to talk to, whatever. Because I read a lot, and I'm seeing brothers and sisters literally take their lives over this stuff, and it's never that serious right so and I, and I mean this like i'm saying this because i've read this if you just need someone to talk to about whatever you got going on need some kind of help or whatever reach out you can shoot us an email um inboxes because it's never that serious um and if i can help anybody i just want to put that out there because literally I'm, I'm reading stories about people like i just can't take it anymore and just like you know what i mean and i just want to make sure that um I'm a resource to our community for folks that actually may need this to, just to talk to somebody. It might, you might not, I'm not, I'm not offering loans. Don't get me wrong. I'm not offering loans, but what I am saying is I'm here. I'm here to help here to serve. So um, reach out to us. All of our information will be in the show notes as well as the information box. If you're watching this video on YouTube or Facebook um, for those that rock with us, man, we definitely appreciate you. Make sure you share this episode. Give us your feedback. What do you think about what's going on in the world in terms of credit um, all the business credit gurus, everybody borrowing out the wazoo. Give us your thoughts, um, your concerns, your feelings, um, and let us know um, how you have dealt with credit card debt in the past, if you have, or how you avoid it. You know what I mean? Give us those tips too, because we want to make sure that we share with our folks. Every Friday, we're on live. We do a Bitcoin giveaway. We give away Bitcoin every Friday, and we talk to the folks. So make sure you join us on our live. Every Wednesday, we're dropping our pods right here. If you're listening on audio, salute to you. Still, you still can share it though. Show us some love. Um, but listen, man, we love and appreciate you, man. Courtney, any last words? Be be good to each other. You know what I mean? Absolutely, man. Listen, be good. Be good to you now and the future. You also. Excellent point, bro. And as we always say, it's not about how much money you make; it's about how much you keep. Game elevates. We'll see you guys in our next episode. Peace. Yeah.